Good morning and welcome to our daily prayer and time daily word and prayer. This is Friday morning, February 26th. I'm glad you're along with me. And welcome to anyone here who's for new or for your first time. Glad to have you. We get here, we meet here every morning as we study the word of God and spend some time in prayer and sometimes talk about current events, which I'm going to start with today. Uh, there's a lot of comments in the in the chat about the Equality Act and and um, there and, and it really is a sad day that the House of Representatives yesterday passed the Equality Act. Now, in one sense, who could be against that? That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Who who could possibly be against equality? But as we sometimes call Orwellian, when words are spun to mean whatever people want them to mean. And words uh, don't really mean, words mean what politicians want them to mean instead of what they really mean. The Equality Act, which claims to be about equality, what does it really do? Well, it normalizes sexual perversion is what it does. It normalizes legally and amongst us in our society through law, through national federal law, it simply legalizes sexual perversion the LGBTQ agenda. Now, sexual perversion has been around a long time. We know it was at least present in Sodom and Gomorrah way, way back in Genesis. Um, And people have been sinners for a long, long time. But Isaiah warns of of times when people would call evil good and good evil, when we would exchange light for darkness and darkness for light. And indeed, we li- we've been living in a time like this. And we always say, you know, government is downstream from politics. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, from culture. Excuse me. Government is downstream or politics is downstream from culture. Culture often sets the, the, the path. Government catches on, makes it into law, and then the snowball gets going down the hill in an unstoppable way. You know, we've, for quite some time, on our television shows, for instance, um, you know, gay characters, lesbian characters are far more um, looked up to, respected, you can, normalized, and what's kind of weird now is a happily married couple living together who doesn't seem like their marriage is boring, drab, et cetera, et cetera, uh, or where, the, where a father is respected and looked up to in a home. No, what's, what's really, you know, single life where uh, promiscuity or adultery or um, uh, homosexuality, these are the things that are kind of celebrated on many of our sitcoms, our shows, our movies in today. So government's catching up, and this Equality Act basically, like I said, normalizes, but, and it tries to eliminate discrimination, but you know, you can't eliminate discrimination. Every culture is going to say something's right and something's wrong. And with the Equality Act, it it allows no room for religious organizations to opt out. So Christian schools, for instance, uh, Christian charities, uh, uh, shelters, Salvation Army, groups like this, would be required to hire gays, lesbians, transgendered people. Schools would have it, Christian schools would have it, all these all these places you could not discriminate. Discriminate's thought of as a bad word because we so often associate it with racism. 
But the word really is not a bad word. It simply means you make decisions. It actually means you're discerning and you make good, wise decisions. Uh, we discriminate what we're going to eat. We, uh, you should. We discriminate in all kinds of things in life. You know, you, you would technically, you know, if you were going to have a babysitter and you, you know, someone was a child molester murderer who'd served a sentence, got out of jail, you might discriminate and say, I don't really want to hire that person to be my babysitter. Uh, that's discrimination, technically, is it, is it not? But the word now is such a broad brush that to make any kind of a moral judgment, to make any kind of a moral judgment or decision is thought of as bad, uh, bigoted, hateful. And yet we've got to do that, and we always do it. So what the Equality Act does is it now discriminates against believers. People who would, who would say there is right or wrong, they're the ones who get discriminated against. People who would say that homosexuality, uh, this transgenderism, it exists. We don't hate these people. We don't want to throw them in prison. We don't want to kill them or something like that. But we also say there are some positions we should not be required. For instance, you know, the music director in the church or the, the, uh, the, the teacher in the Christian school or the, the, the transgendered boys running in female sporting, competing in sporting events, all these type things, we just say, you know, the, the broad brush is painted a little bit too far, a little bit too far. And for saying that, we're the bad guys. And that leads really to today's verse that we need to think about. We will pray about the Equality Act here. And by the way, many of the Christian organizations out there have good write-ups in it on, I believe it was yesterday or two days, two days ago's video. Uh, if you go back a couple days, you can find, I posted some links where you can find some um, uh, uh, articles, news articles to talk about the concerns about the Equality Act for us as believers, because it is a, it's a Trojan horse. And so much of what's coming in in this administration, so much of what the political left does it, by a Trojan horse, what we mean is it comes with good sounds. It seems like it's good, but there's a lot of hidden stuff in it that if you don't think through the implications of this legislation, uh, you can be quite deceived, and it really is quite dangerous to us. So you can find that two or three days ago. I, I mentioned this in one of my, and I posted it in the description where you can find some links there, all of which leads to today's verse. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree you share the sufferings of Christ, keep rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. Don't be surprised. You know, we Christians in America, we have lived for quite some time in relative peace. We have gotten quite used to religious freedom. We see this in our founding fathers and our national, throughout our history, we have seen that the, the freedom to believe in God or not be forced to join a particular church. And that's really what the First Amendment was about, not being forced to join a particular type of church or something. Congress shall make no law about that. The freedom to say certain things, the freedom to assemble with people we want to assemble with, these First Amendment rights, the freedom to, to print and distribute information, um, these, we've thought these are God-given rights, and they are. As the, as the Declaration says, these are alienable. These are given to us by God. 
Government doesn't give them. Government is only supposed to secure these rights. And when government takes these rights away from us, they are infringing upon what God has given us. And because we have been, by and large, a God-fearing nation, we have not infringed, or we've sought not to infringe on those, generally speaking. Obviously, there are exceptions, but generally speaking. And now we're living in a time when cancel culture, the political left, has has ascended to great power, and they, you know, they're, they're not interested in, in our freedom of religion. Many of them don't even believe in God, and they see God as a threat, and they see those who believe in God as a threat. And so freedom of speech often has been under assault on, camp, on college campuses, places like now, like Twitter and Facebook. This has been this, what was confined to the campuses a few years ago is now limiting speech there. We go on and on, and we see that we're living in a place, and, the, and what we're told is, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. And it is surprising to us because we have lived in, a, in this, we have enjoyed freedom. Two things happen. Number one, when we are in the midst of this, he says, don't let it catch you off guard. When, you, when you're caught off guard, you often lose. When you're caught off guard, you might have devastating consequences. America was caught off guard on 9-11. We weren't prepared. We didn't see it coming. And, and it was devastating, the consequences, uh, when those, that, the terrorist attack upon New York City and, and the Pentagon. We were caught off guard in Pearl Harbor. We didn't see it coming. And as a result, much of our Navy was devastated and wiped out in a, in a matter of hours. We've got to be careful as Christians. We have the spiritual weapons, the ability to prevail and to be strong. But if we're caught off guard, if we're surprised, we don't see it coming, then we don't know how to prepare nor how to react. When we go through trials, there are specific things the Bible tells us about how we can prevail. We ought to be in the Word of God. We ought to be remembering His promises. We are to give thanks in the midst of trials. We're to consider it all joy because we realize God is still at work. God's not asleep. God has a purpose. And as it says here, he brings these things come upon us for our testing, for our good. God wants our faith to be tested, not to fail us. God's not like that teacher who delights in seeing some people fail. God tests us because he wants us to prevail. He wants us to win. God wants tests to prove who we really are. God wants us to have tests so we prove we're his children, we're his victors, we're people of faith. So when you're tested, God wants you to win. And God gives you the strength and the Holy Spirit. And no temptation will ever undertake you, but such as common to man. And God is faithful. And God will provide you with the, the strength, the tools, the faith, the grace necessary to prevail. But where we fail is when we get a sneak attack and we don't realize, hmm, this that I'm undergoing, my faith is being tested. My faith is being tested. My, my faith in God, my faith in God's promises, my faith in God's power, these things are being tested. And when we realize that, and we remind our, then we can remind ourselves, no, God's still on the throne. This, this isn't just this person who doesn't like me or this government or this enemy. God is allowing my faith to be tested. God's still in charge. God has a purpose. 
I may not understand it or see it quite yet, but he does have a purpose, and it will prevail. And so, my friend, brothers and sisters, what we want to be is aware, alert. Don't be surprised when you go through trials. Don't be surprised when things turn against you, as if this is somehow strange, like I thought everything on earth was going to be just fine. In my email last night, I, I talked about how sometimes we can be perhaps unintentionally unclear when we share the gospel with people. We use phrases like, you know, Jesus came to give us an abundant life. Oh, really? My life's kind of hard right now. Is all my problems going to go away? Well, he has a plan for you. And he, his plans are not for calamity, but for your welfare. And, uh, and, and, you know, he loves you and everything. And he's God. He's the Almighty. And he loves you. And do you want to be right with him? And we can, we can imply, whether intentionally or not, that coming to Christ means all your problems will go away and everything's going to be hunky-dory from now on. We know that's not true. We know that even as Christians, we continue to face difficulties in life. We just know the God who can deliver us from them, from them and help us rise above those difficulties. Christians still get sick. They still have financial problems. They still have relational problems. Christians still have problems at work. Christians can still be involved in an auto accident. Christians can still live in a place where a hurricane or earthquake or devastating fire or blizzard or things like this come upon us. It's just God gives us a strength and a power to rise above and to maintain our shalom, our peace during these difficult times. And sometimes Christians get additional trials. Sometimes we suffer for doing what's right. Sometimes we are slandered for being right. As we've talked, been talking about earlier today with this Equality Act, sometimes because we stand for what's good and moral and righteous, we can be accused of very ugly and bad things that we wouldn't be accused of if we just went along with the crowd. So today we want to pray about this, and, and uh, we're going to uh, pray. We'll pray for our country and our government. We'll pray for us believers that we would not be surprised or caught off guard when God's at work. Real quickly before we go to prayer, I do want to thank you for joining me. And if you're new, a special welcome. And do make sure you subscribe, hit the notify button, hit the like button. All these things help with our placement. And also, I really appreciate when you tell your friends or post on social media and uh, encourage them to come along and tell them, you know, these 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes or so are worth their time. Uh, as I've promised before, hang with me every day for, for the next several months, and you'll begin to see your life change, your attitudes change, because God's word getting the Word of God every day and praying over the Word of God every day, it'll have a sanctifying influence upon you. And so I, I, I stick with me. Come with me every day, and let's get in the Word of God and in prayer together. It'll change your life, and we've got to be the people who rise above and are, more, and are, and are better. I don't think good times are headed our way, but that doesn't mean we have to sink. We can rise above, and we want to do that, okay? Father in heaven, we bless you today and we want to thank you that you are the God of the uh, you're the God of our lives, but more than that, you're the king of the universe. You're the creator of all that there is. We we acknowledge that. You are the almighty God. We thank you you're not just a weak God. We thank you you're not a pagan God. 
We thank you you're not a sun god or a moon god or a god of the water or, or storms or the weather. You are the almighty God. You reign over everything. We thank you you are the true God. Of all, There's many, many false gods and false religions and, and puny little gods out there. You're the true God. And we bless you today. There is none like you. You are unrivaled. You're unrivaled. You, ha- you are the creator of all there is seen and unseen. You are our creator. And we want to thank you today, Lord, in a, in a culture that's becoming more and more confused about who we even are as your creation. Lord, for quite some time, many people believed that you didn't make us. We just evolved from some animal and we're nothing but an animal. And Father, this, this uh, lie has been deeply embedded in our culture now for quite some time, that we're not made in the image of God, that we're but animals. This simply evolved from, from slime in a slime pit or amoeba or, or some sort of primordial soup billions of years ago. We don't believe that, Father. We believe we are fearfully and wonderfully made, created by God in your very image. We are image bearers of, of, of the Almighty. We are image bearers of one who is pure and holy. And you have called us to embrace that and to live. You said, be holy as I am holy. We're to be like you. What a high calling. What an awesome thing you have called us to do. Father, we think we live, we, we realize we're now living in a world where not only do people think we're mere animals, and many deny we even have a soul, but Lord, there's just so much confusion and rejection of how you've made us, rejection of gender, rejection of, of basic sexuality, rejection of, of our bodies. There's so much confusion, Lord. People don't know whether they're a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. And, 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 and even this confusion is celebrated, even amongst people who are so young, even amongst children who obviously haven't even begun to think about these things yet and are encouraged to, they're, they're being confused. They're being manipulated. Father, we, we cry out to you for these people. We don't hate them. We pray for them. We know, Lord, there are people confused. We know there are people that are hurt. We know there are people who don't, they don't know right from wrong. There are people, Lord, who don't understand themselves. And Lord, we've all gone through that. I I can remember back to myself being confused about who am I and what's the purpose of life and why am I on earth and and what's important and and, and all these feelings that, that just well up in every single human being at some point or another. I pray, Father, that we, that, in our nation, in our land. We want to be finding the answer to these questions in a relationship with you. We know, Lord, this confusion comes because we're alienated from you. You're the source of life. We're like a branch that's been cut off from the tree, and we don't, we don't have life flowing into us, and we're confused. And, Lord, we don't want to find the answer in secular psychology. We don't want to find the answer in, in some new identity. We want to find the answer in, in Jesus. We want to find the answer in you. We want to find the answer in the cross. We want to find the answer to who we ought to be by first and foremost connecting to you. You are the anchor of our soul. And we pray that for us. We pray that for many, many others. Lord, I think of people who are finding their answers in psychology or pornography 
or in, in promiscuity or in experimenting. And, and Lord, it's just leading into a pit. We pray for these people. Have mercy on them. Lord, I think of the survey I just saw, the Gallup survey, just I saw the last earlier this week, that of this Generation Z, that what, 11 or 12% of them are, are identifying as LGBT people. Oh, Lord, what a, what's happened? So much confusion, so much pain, so much hurt. Lord, are we reaping? Are we reaping the bitter, bitter harvest of the, se- the seed sown in the sexual revolution? Are we reaping the bitter, bitter harvest of, of the first generation raised with internet porn at their fingertips? Lord, there's so much confusion, so much self-hatred, so much blindness, so much darkness. We pray, our nation, Lord, is there hope? We pray there would be. Lord, you are only hope. We don't put our hope in government. They're, they're trying to pass laws that are even worse. And how we pray, Father, that this present administration and their preoccupation, their obsession with normalizing sexual perversion, Lord, we pray it would fail. We pray, Father, that there might be a basic morality. We think of our own children, Lord. We're, we're not just saying it so for us, but, Lord, we think of this next generation. We think of so many millions of kids who are being indoctrinated and taught false things. We pray, Lord, for our nation to have a return to just basic morality, solid families, uh, uh, the keeping of that seventh commandment where you shall not commit adultery. And, Lord, all the sexual sins that come from a broken society. We pray for repentance. We pray, Lord, for an awakening. We pray, Lord, that the light would shine and the darkness would be expelled. We pray, Lord, specifically for things like this um, um, Equality Act to fail in the Senate. And we pray, Father, that the people would wake up to this, this radical, secular, humanist, left-wing agenda that is destructive. Father, we pray today we would not be surprised at these things, though. Somehow, Lord, we've, we have turned away from you. Long ago, Lord, our nation decided we don't want prayer in schools. Lord, long ago, we decided that we're a secular people. We stopped wanting to honor you and teach our children to honor you. And, Lord, we're just seeing all this bitter, bitter fruit in so many destroyed lives, so much division, so much hatred so much canceling one another. And Father, with those of us who walk with you and who stand by your moral code and believe in that uh, are recipients of more and more hate. Help us, Lord, to get our marching orders from you, to stand firm in you, to not be surprised, not be cut off guard. Lord, we've been talking much in this uh, study in 1 Peter how we need to bless those who persecute us. We need to love those who hate us. We need to trust, set our hope completely on that which is eternal. We need to remember that we have uh, an imperishable, incorruptible reward in heaven, treasure in heaven. Lord, all these things we need to remind ourselves. And I pray that if we, if, if we forget that, we'll be caught off guard. And when trials come and fire ordeals come our way, Lord, we, we, uh, we might stumble. We might, we might face defeats that we don't need to. You've given us all we need to stand. You've given us all we need, Father, to to prevail. You've given us everything necessary for life and godliness. You have promised that we'll never be tempted beyond what we're able. But, Lord, if we forget, if we don't realize, if we're caught off guard, 
we don't do the things you've told us to do to prevail, then we can be knocked down and, and hurt badly. So, Father, help us to be aware, discerning. Don't let us be asleep. Lord, help us to be alert. Help us to have our, gird our minds for action. Help us to realize the times we live in, be wise and understanding. Help us, Lord, to find fellow allies in the faith. Encourage one another every day. Stand together. Support one another. Help us, Lord, to uh, be on the offensive, that we'll utilize the gifts you've given us, that we're not just going to hunker down and hide, but we're going to go and, and fight your fights. And, and with you, Lord, even though it seems we're outnumbered, you'll confuse the enemy and you'll bring victories. And we thank you. We bless you. We pray for a great spiritual awakening. We pray for the gospel once again to sweep through our country. Lord, it would be a miracle. It just, it doesn't, it's, we pray for it each day, but it, it's, it is a test of our faith because it sure seems like we're going the opposite direction. But we ask, Lord, turn it around as only you can do. Use us. Give us boldness, courage, and grace, we pray. Give us wisdom. Help, help your truth to prevail, we ask, and we pray. And so, Lord, today, within our sphere, we've prayed for the things we can't affect, but within our sphere, Lord, the people we can touch, people we can encourage, the people that we can that we know, we pray that we just walk filled with your joy, walking in your peace, exhibiting the shalom of God in such a way that people would wonder, what is it about you? And I pray, Lord, when doors open for opportunities, we'd be alert, we'd see them, and we'd share our testimony, share the gospel, that we'd be quick to help others know how they too can have the blessing and joy you've given us. We pray these things, and we bless you today with all of our heart, in Jesus' name, we give you glory. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for being with me today. It's an important time of prayer, wasn't it? An important time in God's Word today. So thanks for joining me. Again, help post this on your social media. Help tell others about this time. Let's grow our group. I think that, you know, there's, there's millions of us Christians in America. Many of us aren't ready. We are surprised at the things coming upon us. We don't know how to respond. We have the tools for victory. But if we don't utilize them and we don't encourage one another and we don't remind one another, we don't stand together, difficult times are coming. So let's pass the word. Let's, let's be here faithfully each morning. Make sure you do subscribe, hit the notify and like buttons, pass the words, post on your social media, and let's, uh, let's build our group. Let's raise up a mighty army of people of God who will stand firm, strong, mighty, faithful, and make a difference no matter what's going on around us. Amen? All right, God bless you. I love you guys. Thank you for joining with me. I appreciate you being here. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, Saturday. I, I realize a lot of you sleep in on Saturday. That's usually our lowest attended day. But for those of you who join me, I'll be here 8.30 a.m. tomorrow morning, and we'll continue on in First Peter with another very important part of God's Word. We're getting some really important verses, so make sure you join me. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.